220 brands at a call to $18,000 price point. You're flirting with a $4 million run rate, something like that. Exactly right. Yeah. You think you can break it this year? Absolutely. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hey guys, my guest today is Tom Logan. He's the co-founder and CEO of New York City-based Coley, the tech companies that changing the way brands generate photos, videos, and product reviews. Tom, ready to take us to the top? Let's do it, Nathan. Yep, great here. Great to be here with you. And uh, yeah, I'm ready that, for my grilling. You are competing in a fragmented space, man. What's your mousetrap? How are you getting in? Yeah, so you know, early on, it was the influencer angle. Um, back in 2017, it was very buzzy. People were very willing to get on a call to talk influencer. And then from there, we were able to ask about content generation, about ad testing strategies, uh, email marketing, marketing strategies, and, and how they were thinking about content generation as a whole. So we'd go in with this influencer marketing mousetrap, then expand the conversation well beyond engagement rates, likes, or you know, some hollow promises of traffic to the website. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so just taking a step back, what is the company doing today? Why are people paying you? They're paying us because they need content. And mm-hmm. that really falls into three categories, like you mentioned, photos, videos, and product reviews. And really, they just need more content than they've ever needed at any other time in history. And they need to be able to test at high frequencies if they want to compete in these crowded spaces. Um, they need a lot of content. And you know that, that also means they need creator-driven assets for TikTok. They need content that's going to speak to a one to, in a one-to-one fashion to Gen Z versus just repurposing content that they used for you know, a, a classic millennial audience a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. So it's all about tightening up that feedback loop and giving them the assets that they need. Are these mainly e-commerce companies paying you? They're mostly e-commerce brands, yeah. Um, there's been a little bit of a shift over the last year because brands haven't been able to run traditional photo shoots just because of COVID restrictions. But And they're learning that their fears around third-party created content weren't as drastic as they thought. And sure, they might not, might not be able to control every little bit of you know what the model might be doing with you know her or his hand. But guess what? It's significantly less expensive. It tests the roof and allows them to scale. Yeah, that all makes sense. Okay, what's the backstory? When did you launch the company? What year? 
We launched in 2016. Yeah, so coming up on our fifth birthday, my co-founder and I started out in the user-generated content space, and we basically saw influencers as the answer to all of our prayers. They're creating high-quality content on timeframes that are predictable. The legalities aren't a huge issue, and um, the quality is really significantly better than you know, content that you or I might just create on our Instagrams, taking pictures of our Nikes or something like that. How much of your own capital do you, you and your co-founder stick in? Uh, we put in about $35,000 up front. Yeah. And did you blow it immediately, like before you had a paying customer? Not immediately, no. Um, what we actually did in early 2016 was we started with a $100 a month product that was basically like a shoppable Instagram tool. So it's like a workaround that would allow people to shop from Instagram feeds. That allowed us to, to get our first like 25 beta clients for Coley. And then, you know, of course, not all of them used it. And an even fewer percentage of them actually ended up being paying customers. Only four of those 25 ended up paying us. Mm-hmm. But there's today and they allowed us to build out the marketplace, right? And that was a huge thing early on, just like any marketplace, the chicken or the egg. Got to build up the creator base, got to build up the brands. Okay, so let's talk about the marketplace for a second. Let's just let's just talk GMV. I assume that's what you measure last year. How much went through the marketplace? Um, yeah, so just south of a million dollars, but yeah. that's not how we that's not actually how we monetize. We don't take a cut oh, of that okay. at all. Yep. So annual SaaS licenses directly with the brands, and we don't take a cut of anything that they do on top of that. We'll give and them. And creators are free. Creators take a hundred percent of what they earn on Coley. Oh, wow. Interesting. So you paid out a little under a million to creators last year. Yeah. How many creators? I don't even know the total. Um, there are a lot that do uh, product exchange only, especially yeah, the product yeah. reviews, right? That's an FTC regulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do it in exchange for free products. But, you know, we also have high-end photographers that make a few thousand dollars for producing 20 photos. So we're starting to service both sides of the market. And you're talking like hundreds of creators or thousands of creators or dozens? Thousands. Oh, wow. Thousands. Okay. And how many brands put at least a dollar through? Uh, 220 brands last year put at least a dollar through. Yep. So it's a thriving marketplace. And naturally, it's become a lot easier to create um, these pockets of of niche creators. Uh, For example, in like New Zealand or people who, uh, women who are going through menopause. Mm -hmm. That was the conversation we had earlier today. It becomes much easier to build out that creator population once you have good brand names on the actual platform. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when the brands are paying you the SaaS fees, what are they paying per month or per year on average? On average, they're paying 1500 a month. So okay. 18K a year is, is the kind of the median price point. And could you see yourself ever, if the GMV grows 10, 20, million, you start taking a small percent or no? Yeah, um, definitely. It would just have to, it would have to fit within our larger mission to generate lots of content at, at low cost, mm-hmm. right? We want these mid market brands, these D 2 C brands that are keeping the, the massive conglomerates honest. We, we want them to continue to be able to be viable challengers. And we like that David versus Goliath type of you know, type of positioning. So potentially down the road, I, I wouldn't say never to that, but there are other ways that we can monetize. 220 brands at a called a $18,000 price point. You're flirting with a $4 million run rate, something like that. Exactly right. Yeah. You think you can break it this year? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. we want to double this year. We feel like the the uh, the the factors that are out of our control in terms of the market and and um, the overall enthusiasm for what our offering is uh, continues to grow. And we're also really benefiting from partnerships with Clavio, with Attentive. Uh, we're one of five creative partners for TikTok as well. So we're starting to be associated with these bigger brands and like sit in the middle of this ecosystem where we can where we can add testing where it didn't previously exist. Are you in any acquisition talks with Clavio? No, no, we haven't. And I've been told to be careful because I know they're builders. But um, yeah, they've been they've been awesome to work with and certainly certainly going to the moon. You're trying to double this year, maybe get up to an $8 million run rate. But where were you exactly a year ago in maybe December 2019? A year ago, we were at 2.5. And we were essentially okay. flat through um, through about May of 2020. And then really accelerated like crazy as, as e-commerce spend um, went berserk. Mm-hmm. So we started doubling down. We went heavy into marketing, maintaining a really, really healthy 3.3 to 1 LTV to CAC. Um, so we've been able to lean into this and, and, you know, the products continue to mature, we've done a good job of, of, of using our most successful clients to help evangelize our offering and our methodology. And yeah. What do you, what do you put your, what do you, like, I assume you do some sort of math here, obviously, but what do you put your LTV at right now? Yeah. Our LTV to, to CAC is, is, well, our LTV is like 12 K. So interesting. Yep. We, uh, How do you get that? How do you get that? Yeah, it's like marketing. We're we're pretty conservative about it, so we like include rent expenses, direct, and oh, hold on, that's your CAC is twelve k, right? Sorry, what's sorry, your LTV? Sorry. Oh, LTV. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's like two and a half years. Yeah. So yeah. Yep. yep. And you're talking yeah. like forty k, forty thousand dollars, something like that. Yep. 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 And the yeah. biggest thing for us is has been understanding what our actual ideal customer profile is and leaning into that like crazy, right? Mm-hmm. No, and these numbers suck, but like our non ICP, our sub like SMB cohort, I mean, they're turning out at 60%. Yeah. And that's not, that's not a SaaS business, right? Yeah. So now we've really been able to focus our marketing efforts, our sales pipeline all the way through on, on ICP. And luckily those brands are also a hell of a lot easier to work with, right? They come in with relative expectations. They come in with ample budget resources, and they know how expensive content is, relatively speaking, right? If we're working with a brand new upstart brand, they're looking to cut as many corners as possible. Doesn't tend to work out very well. You can afford to put AEs on the $18,000 ACV sort of deal. How many sales carrying or quota carrying reps do you have currently? We have eight. Yep. Okay. And what do you set quota at? Quota is 120K. Monthly? Nope. That's per quarter. Oh, yep. quarterly. Yep. That's quarterly. Exactly. Okay. Okay, so you want them closing each year about five hundred grand of new ARR? Yeah, interesting. And, uh, yeah, we'd like to see it a little bit higher. I mean, frankly, like our uh, our CSMs are only managing right around five hundred fifty k ARR right now. We'd like mm-hmm. to we'd like to see that closer to a million in the near future. So what you have six of them right now, so at seven CSMs. Exactly right. Yeah, you're quick with your math. Man. Yeah, I try to. We want to get right to the like. Yeah, I try to get right <laughs> to the numbers. It, it breaks through a lot of fluffy stuff. You know how that works. Yeah. Um, do. So, okay, what's your total team size today? Total team size, including uh, developers in Argentina, is at 42. 42. Okay, Argentina developers. How many there? 12. Why Argentina? Uh, well, two ways to look at that. One is cost, about 20 cents on the dollar. The second is just an incredible education system. 
um, they are able to take a concept, take an end goal and build around that, build up to that, understand all of the dynamics and potential solves without needing line by line instructions. And I've just been, I've been blown away by, by these steps. They've been, yeah. yeah, that's great. Well, good team, nice growth, hot space. I'd be really impressed if you've done all this bootstrapped. Have you raised? Yeah. Uh, but not very much. So uh, <laughs> only, only 2.3 to date. Um, we did a, a seed that was, that was $2 million about a year back. Um, we're about to do another debt round here in, uh, in the next couple months. We've really benefited, and, and I would actually recommend really any SaaS company do this early on. You're obviously going to be told by every investor and, and SaaS advisor under the sun that like stick to SaaS. Don't resist the urge to become any sort of agency. But early on, and this has carried over a little bit, like we we were doing things that didn't scale. We were doing project-based activations where we were essentially dog fooding our own tool. And you know, we did a <laughs> did a campaign with Chibani where we spent twenty-two thousand dollars, not to mention uh, hours and hours of labor for my co-founder and I. And we <laughs> we only charged them twelve, right? Yeah. But until they put the cease and desist order on on us using their logo, uh, it was it was gave us a story. Yeah. Right? It gave us a story. It wasn't it wasn't SaaS revenue by any means, but um, we do still have a, a 20% uh, pocket of revenue that comes from project activations, primarily That's with great. like CBS and things like that. So 2 million raised last year. When was the other 1.3 raised? The, no, it was only another 0.3. So we did a $50,000 uh, friends and family, then a $200,000, uh, $250,000 pre-seed, and then, a, and then a $2 million seed. Oh, got it. So, yeah, I mean, I would say that is pretty capital efficient. I mean, you, you've raised less than your ARR, which is always a good place to be. Now, now, what is the perfect debt deal look like for you to drive future growth? And why are you choosing debt over equity? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, certainly, we're, we're unique in our thinking on this, but this will be a, a $2 million loan with a initial 12-month interest-only period. Fairly high interest rate, but we're staying away from from warrants and what, uh, what's high in your book? Eighteen uh, percent ish. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one I've seen. We saw one for for sixteen that has some warrants baked in. The warrants have penny strikes, right? And if if that's equivalent to one point five percent ownership of the company, that's like gifting three hundred k plus to them on day one. Yep, it's just kind of brutal, right? But um, we are very much of the mindset that while we absolutely want to grow this thing. As uh, as efficiently and you know, as quickly as we can, we also know that ninety percent of all tech acquisitions are sub hundred million, and we're cognizant of of getting in bed with a VC that would make us grow or, or force mandates on us from a hiring standpoint that would move a little faster than than we're ready for. Mm-hmm. Right? And we want that exit optionality. We want the ability to make decisions on our own terms, and it's very possible that. At year end, we do we see our retention shore up and get to that ninety percent level across the board. We see our win rate continue to skyrocket, ACV continuing to go up. But we could make the decision like, all right, let's let's go all in on this. And I know that you're doing a um, you're doing a webinar tomorrow to talk about like secondary you know, liquidity and, and all that type of stuff, which I think is awesome that you're educating on that. I just I believe that there is a different way to grow a company um, in a way that that isn't that isn't coming from a place of fear. It's coming from a place of prudence 
and being able to make decisions on your own terms. And You're my uh, kind of founder, man, You're my kind yeah. for preaching, preach, preaching here. I love it. That's great. Pressure on, uh, on founders, I think, especially early on to, to aim for the moon and to everybody reads blitzscaling and people dream of, of, you know, being, being a billionaire and whatnot. And that's, that's all well and good. I think for the most part, people are coming from a good place there, but like, think about it in a regimented fashion. Think about scaling in a way that you feel confident in. Then think about the funding process, you know, kind of working backwards from that, right? Yeah. And tell yourself like, all right, I'm going to study these metrics religiously. I'm going to make decisions based on these. And I'm not just going to just swoon for the first VC that, that, Offered this five million dollar term sheet. I hear you. I know you're good. Yeah, you're you're preserving optionality, which is important. Tom, we're out of time. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Uh, zero to one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, that's a great question. <sighs> Jeremy Levy at Indicative, longtime mentor. Uh, I was going to say Elon Musk, but that's. That's a comment. <laughs> <laughs> number, n- number three, what's your favorite online tool for building a business? Um, that's a great question. My favorite online tool for building the business. Oh, let's go built with. I think it's, I think that's my favorite tool. Being yeah. able to see the integrations that have, um, that have lots of carryover and, and crossover with our client base allows us to build out the partnership ecosystem and set our sights high. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Five and a half. It's a, it's a problem area. And my fiance would be the first person to, to <laughs> I got to work on it. So fiance, so, so not married, but not single. Any kids? No kids. No kids. And how old are you? 33. 33. Last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Um, you know, I, I wish that I knew that I didn't have to go into a field that was directly correlated to my major. I think I was really learning through college was the ability to communicate ideas, to write well, and to think creatively and just to learn, right? If I could go back to college, I wish I could just soak it all in and go to every office hours with every, you know, with every teacher and and just soak it up. Mm -hmm. Guys, Coley launched in 2016, very capital efficient, flirting with $4 million run rate, just $2.3 million raised. They're about to close a $2 million debt round to preserve optionality, whether they want to exit, grow, whatever they want. They have all options on the table. Nice growth rate, now serving about 220 brands that are connecting with creators. A million dollars went through the platform last year as brands pay creators to come up with unique new content, mostly e-commerce brands uh, is, is where they're focused. We'll see what happens as they try and double this year. Tom, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan.